Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com/easy. ramp.com/easy. r a m p.com/easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC Terms and Conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Future Brew right here on MazeandBrew.com. I am Vaughn Lozon. Today, we've got the entire squad. John Simmons and Stephen Asentoski are here with me to break down the latest in Michigan football recruiting news. John, how you doing? I'm doing well, Vaughn. Uh, getting excited about all these visitors. There's a ton lining up, and we're going to talk about all of them uh, coming up here in just a minute. Steven, how are you, sir? Unable to find the unmute button, apparently. <laughs> but uh, besides that, um, happy that Monday's coming to a close here. But no, things are going well. Excellent. Um, that unmute button is tricky sometimes. I, uh, I, I've had my fair share of, of, of the mute, unmute stuff go on. So uh, it happens, uh, but we will uh, move on. We're going to talk about some Michigan football recruiting as we do here. And uh, we've got a lot to get to. So let's just get right to uh, the latest decommitment here uh, for Michigan's 2022 class. Uh, It's funny because this past Monday, last week, about two hours after we stopped recording last week's episode is when this news broke that uh, four-star safety commit Taylor Groves decommitted from the University of Michigan. He posted the news on Twitter, 
pretty much just thanking Mo Linguist for the opportunity, but he was going to be reopening his recruiting process. So he had been committed to Michigan since February, actually committed on the same day of uh, Cody Jones, four-star cornerback commit. He remains locked into the class, but those two Tennessee boys, they committed the same day. Now Groves decommit. So John, um, I want to ask you when Groves decommitted, were you surprised by this news at all, uh, given uh, how it kind of came out of nowhere, but his commitment kind of came out of nowhere too. So what was your uh, initial reaction when this decommitment uh, uh, took Twitter by storm here? Yeah, I think when I first saw it, I was, I was bummed. I was like, man, Michigan lost their, their second highest rated commit. But then, you know, after a minute, I was like, yeah, it kind of makes sense. You know, when, so, when Groves committed, it was out of nowhere. He's from Tennessee. It seemed like he was kind of just caught up in the Mo Linguist uh, hire. Uh, I think Linguist really got him excited about Michigan. And he pulled the trigger without visiting any schools, really. And now that there's a potential for um, him to take – official visits uh, coming up in a couple months, if everything uh, stays on track here, then I, th- um, I think he wanted to look at those, look at his other opportunities, you know, and uh, maybe he decided that he, you know, he pulled the trigger a little bit too early and uh, he, he wasn't completely satisfied with his decision, which um, you can certainly understand as a Michigan fan. And I think um, we'll see where it goes from now. I don't know. I think um, his official visits will tell a lot if he's still interested in Michigan or not. Right now, it doesn't really seem like he's going to consider Michigan, but he also hasn't set any other visits that I can see. So uh, I just got to, you know, keep following. Maybe they can reconnect, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, despite this coming out of left field to me, uh, I'm kind of in the same uh, wavelength as you here, is that it it shouldn't really come as too much of a surprise just because his commitment – came out of nowhere as well. He had been offered by Michigan about a week and a half prior to committing, did not visit, had no prior connections to the university. Like you kind of said, it was more of like the, the Mo linguist high of recruiting. I think that kind of led to that commitment. Um, so uh, while it's unfortunate what happened, I can't say I'm too shocked by it because of just all of those things. So yeah, maybe he winds up back in the class when it's all said and done. Uh, but for now, uh, he's essentially a free agent looking for a new school. Um, it has some uh, pretty good offers uh, dis- uh, other than Michigan. He's got LSU, Notre Dame, Michigan State, Penn State, uh, obviously the in-state school of Tennessee, Texas A&M. He- he's got a, a ton of uh, other uh, schools that are offering him. So uh, it definitely not like he's uh, going to be looking at uh, some other schools that uh, won't give him a good opportunity. He, he's got a lot of schools lined up for him. So uh, Steven want to get your take on the decommitment as well. And uh, do you think Michigan should continue recruiting him or maybe look at some other safety prospects that they have on their radar? Because there are a ton of guys at the position that they're recruiting in this class. I'd argue that some of those guys are better than Groves. Groves is a good prospect. Don't get me wrong, but there definitely are some guys. I think that they've got a bit higher on their uh, board now. What say you? Yeah, I think there's there's. I'm not going to say there's a million guys who run four, four twos like Taylor Groves does, but uh, you know, I think there are a lot of kind of safety types that you can kick your tires on and, you know, his instincts coming downhill on outside runs was something that really popped out to me on film um, his ability to hit uh, 
did not shy away from contact at all. I would still continue it just because if you have a strong enough connection with him to establish a relationship to a point where it, uh, it resulted in an initial commitment, then there's probably still hope to continue that. So I wouldn't completely uh, get rid of that. The thing that's good about a decommitment, which is weird to say, but the good aspect is it does help the staff uh, account for other prospects and um, you know put their effort maybe towards other safeties as well. So while I, I feel like the initial reaction is always like, oh, this is terrible. Where are we going as a program? It gives the staff ample time to uh, take a look at other prospects and, and kind of fill that gap and understand that, okay, uh, this is a, a position we need to give more attention to moving forward. So again, I, you know, it's not like it's a defensive tackle where those guys are extremely hard to find, or, you know, a six, eight offensive tackle that those guys just aren't around. You can find a fair number of, of six, one, six, two, six, three guys who can fit into a safety position. Um, you know, they're a little less dime a dozen. So while I would still probably try to pursue uh, Groves here. It, it's not, you know, it's not the end of the world in this position where, like I said, there are plenty of guys that uh, that could replace that commitment moving forward. Yeah. I mean, they're in on a lot of guys and I like Groves as a prospect. Don't get me wrong. I, I think he's, he brings a lot to the table. All of the things that you mentioned, the ability to hit and he's got the speed to go with it. And he's a versatile guy. He plays wide receiver as well. So if for some reason it doesn't work at safety, maybe flip him over to the offensive side of the ball where he does have some pretty good highlights on his film as well. But yeah, I, I think that there's a lot, uh, a, a lot out there in terms of the safety position. It really depends on how many guys they want to take in this class. First and foremost, so are they looking at, just a handful, maybe one or two, or are they looking to get kind of like what they had uh, a couple of years ago where they had like three or four safety prospects come in all in the same class. So again, I would, I would probably anticipate them continuing to recruit Groves. I think they should recruit Groves uh, still despite the decommitment, but uh, guys like Sherrod Coville uh, being a four-star guy. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of safeties that I can mention. I'm, I'm not going to name all of them, but uh, Coville is one of the ones that sticks out to me as a really good safety prospect. So uh, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Um, it definitely if, if he doesn't end up uh, in the class, wish him nothing but the best, of course. Um, but, uh, uh for now, I guess, uh, Michigan doesn't have a, a safety in this class and they will look to uh, fill that void, uh, with, uh, some of these guys that are probably uh, coming to visit here. So let's, let's move on here. Uh, to some of these more uh, more of the official visits lining up here. And uh, let's talk, first of all, with a couple guys that locked in their official visits for the weekend of June 11th. Those two guys are quarterback Nate Johnson and athlete Tyler Banks. So Johnson, let's talk about him for a second, because he's one of the lone quarterback prospects Michigan's really in on right now in this class. It's, it's really him and Texas three-star Alex Orgy. Uh, he's never visited Michigan, so this could be the first time in Ann Arbor for him. So definitely going to be a, an important step in this recruitment. He's listed at 6'2", 183, uh, currently playing out his junior season in the state of California. Uh, had, had a pretty nice game last week. Uh, had a few touchdowns, uh, threw a couple interceptions as well. Uh, but I, I want to say he had like four, four passing touchdowns and another touchdown on the ground, I believe. Um, 
Banks, definitely a guy that we haven't really talked much about here. Uh, he's barely within the top 1,000 of the composite. Uh, he's listed at six foot one, 215 pounds, being recruited to play linebacker. His main recruiter is George Hilo, uh, has an official setup for Virginia Tech this summer as well, which holds the crystal ball lead for him at the moment. Well, with him being from the state of Virginia, it kind of makes sense. Um, but despite that low ranking, he's got a couple other good offers. He's got a South Carolina offer. He's got a Tennessee offer. So he's got some SEC schools on him as well. Um, so, John, let's just talk real quick about Nate Johnson. Obviously, with him being one of the only quarterback prospects, it's definitely important to get him on campus. Um, even though he's not a highly ranked guy, you got to get a quarterback somewhere in this class, I would imagine. So, Johnson, definitely looking like one of the top guys for Michigan at the moment. Yeah, I'm, I've been following his senior season uh, pretty closely just to see how he's developing, as I'm sure the coaches are. And uh, you're right, his last game, he really uh, lit it up with, you know, almost 400 yards passing and four TDs. Um, But what's been surprising to me is that he's not really running the ball as much as I would expect someone with his type of speed and ability is. He only has 119 yards over his three games for like four and a quarter average yards per rush. He does have a touchdown each game. So uh, I was kind of expecting him to to see him run the ball uh, more given uh, that's mainly his skill set, but uh, it looks like his team's asking him to to drop back more as a passer instead of giving him his designed runs, or he's not tucking the ball and scrambling as much. So uh, I'm interested to see how that goes uh, for the rest of the season. Um, but uh, yeah, I still think he's the top target at quarterback. Um, one of two guys, as you said, really that Michigan's pursuing right now. Um, so by the time he visits at the end of June, we should have a better picture of how his uh, junior season went uh, since it should be over by then. Uh, so we'll see um, if that changes the coach's attitude or uh, anything, but right now I think he'd definitely be a take. And if you wanted to come in on his visit, uh, I'm sure they'd be ecstatic uh, that that happened. Yeah, I, I would think so too, just because like I mentioned, he's just one of two quarterbacks that they're really going after right now. And all the other quarterbacks, I mean, we've kind of talked ad nauseum about it at this point, but They've either committed somewhere else or they've left them off their top list. So quarterback, definitely an important position here. Uh, Steven, I'll, I'll kind of let you take the wheel here, uh, Mr. Osentoski, whether it's about Banks or Johnson, uh, you know, whatever you want to talk about. Let's let's hear it. What do you got? Sure. So Johnson, I mean, I agree with John having run a, a 10.8 in the 100 meter dash runs in mid four fours. In the 40-yard dash, you would expect him to really light it up uh, on the ground. So that'll be interesting. I'll, I'll have to go back and watch his uh, his every down film if it exists or, I don't know, take a trip <laughs> to go watch it because I'd be really interested to see how or why they're not utilizing that um, uh, right away here. But but we'll see. That's definitely something to watch moving forward. Um, and, you know, based off of his film, there's still some – some minor aspects, his footwork is still pretty raw. I think his, his ball control in the pocket is something that I would definitely want to improve. Could see a fair amount of fumbles with, um, you know, some division one college arms uh, flying around in the, in the backfield there. So just a couple technique things for him to sure up. But I mean, watching his film, you can see the athleticism there. And, uh, you know, if it's a little bit more of a project, uh, that's the, 
kind of guys that Michigan has to get in this class with uh, the room getting relatively crowded right now. And then Banks, um, yeah, it's hard to, hard to gather anything really from his film. He's still listed as an athlete being offered by Brian Jean-Marie. Um, and, you know, it's a guy Michigan has kept up with since the offer from the old staff. So he, he definitely – uh, fits the bill as a linebacker, um, whether he'll, I don't know. It's kind of interesting because he looked to have a longer frame, um, but given all of his film is at QB, it's kind of hard to project where exactly he would fit in on, on defense. Um, but I liked his quarterback film, at least as, um, as running the ball, his, his throwing form, you know, no offense to him, isn't, isn't what uh, I would be looking for, for a quarterback, but He's an athletic guy, so it'll be interesting to see how he grows. Um, you know, if he can add an extra inch and uh, 20, 30 pounds, you could conceivably see him as kind of an edge rush guy early on in his career if he kind of outgrows that position. But uh, he's an intriguing prospect that I'm still trying to kind of get a handle on how he would get deployed where it's looking initially as linebacker, but interesting to see how he'll be developed and especially his film for, uh, for this year. Well, I, I think uh, we're running a bit out of time here, so we're going to take our break. We're going to go uh, into more official visitors. There, there's a ton lining up here, so we, we don't want to miss out on anybody. So we want to be able to hit all of them. Uh, so we'll take a quick break. But we're talking about home field real quick. Uh, the premium collegiate apparel brand based out of Indianapolis that we've been spewing at you guys for months now. And uh, not only is their stuff comfy, uh, but it's officially licensed gear. So they really don't screw around when it comes to their designs because the team over at home field, they study every school's history, traditions, and legacies to create thoughtful designs that tell the unique story of each university. And they've got some amazing original Michigan designs that you will not find anywhere else from t-shirts to crew necks. Uh, they've got it all. So if you're looking for some of that vintage apparel, go to homefieldapparel.com and use that promo code MNB as in maize and brew to get 20% off your entire first order. So again, go to homefieldapparel.com, use that promo code MNB at checkout and you'll get 20% off your entire first order. Go do it today. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist. And if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And we are back. We are going to wrap up our podcast today. Talk about more official visitors because they are really lining up to get to Ann Arbor this June. And uh, four more guys since we've last uh, recorded the podcast here have confirmed to be in Ann Arbor for the weekend of June 18th, which is that big official visit weekend this summer for Michigan that we've been talking about. It's called Victor's Weekend. And those four guys are four-star defensive end, Mario Mario Ujino, three-star running back Dylan Bell, three-star running back CJ Stokes, and three-star linebacker Omar Graham. So let's talk about each of these guys just a little bit here. Ujino is listed at 6'3", 240. He's from Clearwater, Florida, is really a pure pass rushing prospect here. He compiled 17 sacks, 20 tackles for loss this past season for his high school, also performs track and field, so pretty good athlete there. Only crystal ball so far is in for Iowa state. We'll see if the official visit switches things there. Uh, Dylan bell. He's kind of a do it all guy for his high school in Houston, Texas. He plays quarterback running back wide receiver. So again, a, a kind of just an offensive juggernaut there. He's listed at six, two, two Oh five. So it would be a pretty hefty running back compared to the other guys in the room right now. Uh, two crystal balls in for Baylor. As of today, uh, the only official visit he has lined up so far is this Michigan one. Uh, so pretty good there. Uh, Stokes, uh, another three-star running back. He's 5'11", 190 from the state of South Carolina, uh, which is probably a good reason as to why South Carolina holds the crystal ball advantage at this moment. Uh, but he's also planning to officially visit Vanderbilt on June 4th and Missouri on June 11th. So he's got a few visits lined up there. Uh, some SEC schools in on him, definitely. And then Omar Graham, finally here, a 6'1", 205 from Fort Lauderdale, also has an official setup for Penn State the weekend prior to him visiting Michigan. So uh, got some Big Ten uh, opponent action here in the recruiting battle. So John, which of these four guys is the most significant to get on campus in your opinion? Uh, because you could really make a case for any one of these guys. Yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to go in terms of the guys, my favorite, and that's uh, Eugenio. Um, just watching his tape. He just looks like he's gliding out there. He's just very smooth. Um, he, he's a good edge player. He uh, has pretty good, dip uh, and rip and uh, swim pass rush moves to get to the, the quarterback. Um, I just really like the way he plays it. Um, he plays fast and with a high motor, but he makes everything look effortless. Um, at 6'3", 240, I think he could uh, be an outside linebacker as a rusher, Sam, but also if he wants to put on weight, um, he could be a defensive end too. Um, and I also uh, think that the, the contenders for him are very winnable for Michigan. He's got um, that Iowa State crystal ball, like you mentioned, which uh, I also like that Iowa State's after him since they do uh, really well in the scouting department. Um, but also like Cincinnati, West Virginia, Mississippi State are the schools uh, listed as warm for him on his 24-7 profile. And uh, I'm not sure how hard like the Florida schools are going after him right now. So given that competition, I think Michigan has a really good shot here once they get him up on campus. And I think he'd be a really uh, fun player to watch at, at uh, as an edge, whether it be a linebacker or end. 
Yeah, I think so too. I think he's a really good prospect. He's, he's kind of hovering in that three to four star range right now, but honestly, I could see him getting a rankings boost at some point in the near future. I really like his film and the way that he really gets to the quarterback. It's, it's fun to watch. I really like Graham too. I think he's a really good linebacker prospect uh, hailing from Fort Lauderdale. That's kind of George Hilo's bread and butter area. That's where he's from. So you would imagine that the Wolverines will be on him uh, until probably the end of this recruitment, whether it goes Michigan's way or not. I would anticipate Michigan uh, sticking around in this recruitment as well. Um, I really like the running backs too. I I think Bell is a really interesting prospect. And Steven, I wanted to ask you about these running back prospects because uh, to me, these are some really interesting guys. Stokes is kind of what you look for uh, measurable wise. I mean, 5'11", 190, that's, that's kind of uh, right in that wheelhouse of, of running back prospect. I mean, Bill, uh, or for, for Bell, I should say, 6'2", 205. I mean, that, that's a pretty big running back. It, that's that's pushing Derrick Henry height, uh, definitely not weight range at this moment with him being in high school still. But uh, with the height being there, I mean, that, that's a pretty tall running back. So I, I just wanted to get your opinion on those guys as well. And uh, I, I guess really just all four of these guys, because I, 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 I honestly really like all four of these guys as prospects. Yeah, for uh, for Mario Eugenio, is that am I pronouncing that right? I feel like I'm probably butchering that. One other thing I'll add about him: 17 sacks his junior year and 20 tackles for loss. So having that sort of production is uh, pretty insane, regardless of where you play. And um, it, it's definitely pops out to me for him. Uh, Graham, his speed. I haven't watched a whole lot of his film, but I clicked in. Um, just a little bit ago and his speed is is really terrifying it's one of those guys where uh, I try to picture myself on the other side of the ball uh, getting tackled by those guys and uh, he's towards the top of the list of like I don't want this guy um, barreling towards me and he uses his hands surprisingly well for a linebacker if he's ever rushing he's able to stack and shed pretty well Um, so really excited about Graham I think he uh, has quite a bit of uh, room to improve uh, being only top 600. I think he has a profile of a guy to really shoot up the ranking. And I think his offer list uh, reflects that as well. In terms of the running backs, um, two very different guys in terms of their skill set. Stokes is a guy, definitely a little bit more shifty. Um, uphill battle there. Uh, his former coach is on the South Carolina staff. So I don't know how realistic it is to get him. Um, but definitely a, a little bit shiftier uh, of a profile. Uh, as you said, Von Moore in the the size that you'd expect for a running back probably has to bulk up a little bit more, but 5'10", um, generally the range uh, you're looking at. But yeah, I'm with you. Dylan Bell stands out. The first thing I thought of watching his film is he seems like an Indiana running back, a guy that other teams probably would want more at a linebacker. Um, maybe his speed is maybe like four six, four sevens at this point but a guy with a good frame, you can still add some muscle to it. Solid vision. Um, his patience showed up a lot on film. Uh, they, they deployed him running through the tackles a lot, and uh, he had to follow a lot of blockers through the backfield. So they deployed some fullbacks that he would have to uh, follow and make a cut off the butt of a block, and he did, did that often, and that's really important, right? Um, having that ability not just to um, – not just to to get to the outside and be fast, you know, that's not really his skill set, but I like to see that he has the vision to cut off blocks, read off of blocks. And that's something that 
not everyone has. And he's had to do that throughout his uh, high school career. So again, we've seen Mike Hart kind of deploy a lot of these similar, similarly sized guys with Stevie Scott. Um, and uh, at other stops, he, he's been able to turn these larger running back prospects into productive guys. And then you add in his wide receiver ability, his, his hands are the main thing that stick out to me, you know, maybe not his route running. I saw him round off some, some routes, but uh, having the hands there uh, are something that, you know, are, are number one for a running back out of the, out of the backfield. And that vision that he has will only be more valuable in the screen game that he could do, uh, do really well with his patience as well. So, so lots of things I really like bell. I think, I think I like him of the four, the most just because he stands out to me as a guy that Mike Hart has turned into a very productive running back kind of as a single cut burly, like how is this guy a running back and how did no one else pick him up? (laughs) He just fits that profile to a T. Yeah, he really does. And that's something you look for these days. If you can get a guy that's six two two Oh five at the running back position. and, And like you said, have good hands, be able to catch out of the backfield and, do things that not every running back is able to do. You've got yourself a pretty dynamic weapon on offense there that I could see Josh Gaddis and Mike Hart being able to utilize pretty often uh, in their attack. I think he really does fit the Mike Hart, Indiana running back style um, to a T like you had mentioned. I really like that comparison. I I think he really would be that guy on the Hoosiers that you just, you you stare at for three or four years and you're like, how come nobody else recruited him? Why is he in Bloomington, Indiana right now? And uh, those are the kind of guys that you would anticipate Mike Hart kind of bringing to U of M right in, in the running back room, these guys that kind of like the old school Wolverine running backs that uh, they just keep churning. It's like a factory. They just keep coming and, and uh, big 10 opponents definitely hate them and Michigan fans love them. So I, I could definitely see being or bell being a, a pretty good prospect uh, if, if he comes to uh, U of M. Uh, John, I wanted to get your take on uh, the running backs as well. Uh, it just, I, I really like both of these guys. I like Steven said, I think Stokes is really an uphill battle uh, with his former head coach uh, being at South Carolina. I think the Gamecocks are probably the team to beat there. Um, but Bell, it, look, the crystal balls are in for Baylor, but I think his uh, recruitment is more open than what the crystal balls are kind of uh, indicating at the moment. Michigan's his only official visit as of right now. And we'll definitely see where the rest of his visit schedule goes this summer. But I kind of like where Michigan's at right now. There hasn't really been a ton talked about in this recruitment, but to get him on campus on an official visit is going to go a long way, I think, at the end of the day. Yeah, I think Stokes and Bell are similar in the fact that it's going to be tough to pull him away from those in-state schools, Baylor and South Carolina, uh, for each of them. But I do think this pitch to Bell – I think will have a little more resonance because most teams are looking at him as a wide receiver. I'm not sure what Baylor's planning to do with him, but um, you can see on his tape that he definitely um, runs the ball uh, even more than he catches it. Last year he had uh, twice as many rushing yards as he did receiving yards. So he lines up as that wildcat QB or uh, will take, you know, handoffs on jet sweeps and stuff when he's lined up as a wide receiver. So I think, um, he likes running the ball and has a lot of experience despite being listed as a wide receiver. And um, if that's what he likes to do better, I think Michigan's usually pretty good with um, catering to the, 
the prospects preference. You know, I think back to when Rayshon and Benny was first, his recruitment start uh, starting taking off. Uh, Michigan was the first school to recruit him solely as a defensive tackle. And that obviously ended up working out for them. So uh, we'll see if Bell uh, is being recruited as a running back by other top schools. And uh, if not, if that's enough for Michigan to, to steal him from Texas. One more prospect to talk about, boys. And uh, this this one uh, kind of came out of nowhere here. Uh, Austin Brown, he's going to be officially visiting June 25th. And uh, a prospect that I, I know for a fact we've not talked about on this podcast up until this point, but he's a safety prospect from Johnston city, Illinois, shout out Johnston city, never been there, but I'm sure it's a great place. Uh, Austin Brown's plays safety six, one, one ninety five. He's uh, number 746 on the composite uh, is the number 47 safety in the class, a number 12 player in the state of Illinois. He's got a couple other visits set up. Uh, one for Wisconsin on June 4th and one for Cincinnati on June 11th. Uh, so it will be interesting to see where this recruitment goes, because really at this moment, uh, it very recently offered on March 24th and then uh, had a couple other offers come his way before that as well. Uh, that could be intriguing. He's got one from Purdue. I got one from Louisville and Vanderbilt getting in on the action and Minnesota as well. So uh, going to be pretty interesting to see where this one winds up, John, because I, I really haven't heard much of Austin Brown up until this point. Uh, it didn't really, it, well, obviously just because he had been recently offered. Um, but you would have expected that, uh, some of these other higher ranked safeties would be getting in on the visit. But with Austin Brown officially visiting now after being offered within the last week and a half or so, it really looks like Michigan's eyeballing him as a safety prospect in this class. Yeah. I think uh, given that late uh, the recent offer and the fact he's from Illinois, um, it seems like his, his junior tape must be uh, looking pretty good right now since Illinois is playing right uh in the spring for their football season. And uh, it's kind of interesting because I was looking at his game tape that he's posted on huddle for this year. And most of it's with him playing quarterback. Um, he's kind of like uh, Tyler Banks in that respect where he plays quarterback for his team, but he's going to be recruited as a defensive guy for most teams. Um, so there, there's not a lot of clips of him playing defense um, that I've seen. And the ones I have, they weren't, they didn't seem very, very special to me. Um, but uh, I'd like to see more from him. And I think he's clearly making a statement to get all these offers and uh, going against Wisconsin and, and Cincinnati. I think he could be a player that turns into a Thornton in, in the big 10 side or someone who's uh, really good for the American athletic conference. So uh, it's uh, I'd like to, to, to track him more uh, as the season goes on and see if uh, Michigan scouting turned up an, another gem here. Okay, so I have two corrections real quick before we move on here. Austin Brown's going to be visiting the weekend of June 18th, so he will be here for that Victor's weekend. Apologies there. Uh, we do have one other guy actually to talk about who I, it slipped my mind here, and I apologize to Anto Saka, uh, the strong side defensive end from Maryland, uh, who's going to be officially visiting for June 25th. That one I know for a fact. It's, it's June 25th. The weekend before, he will be visiting Penn State, uh, but he's – the Anto Saka is listed at 6'4", 225, uh, is number 415 overall on the composite. So 
again, another guy on the D line that's kind of hovering from three star and four star status. Um, so uh, again, uh, another guy that was uh, semi recently offered here was offered on March 18th. Uh, by the defensive coaching staff and uh, it has gotten some other good offers as well with West Virginia and Tennessee, obviously Penn state, South Carolina, Louisville. So he's got some other good ones as well. So um, Steven, I'll let you uh, again, take the floor with, with these two guys. I apologize for uh, uh, leaving Saka hanging here, uh, but two more guys uh, on the official visit docket. Uh, again, two more guys, Steven, that we really haven't heard much of and haven't talked about a ton, but that's kind of just the way that it, it goes with a new defensive coaching staff coming in and evaluating prospects. And, and, and again, uh, it could be another sign of, of COVID maybe playing a role here too, just because, you know, these guys may be low ranks, but they've got some pretty good offers could end up rising up the rankings if they get a good senior season and get some more film and evaluation here. So uh, we'll see what we're left with here, but I want to get your take on these two prospects uh, visiting U of M here this summer. Yeah. Austin Brown. Um, he just released a midseason highlight tape. Uh, so that was just today that he released that. So I caught up with that. Uh, good to see that he has uh, schools like Purdue, Illinois, Vanderbilt pushing. If they're pushing, then they must um, not only think that I, I guess the main thing I'm trying to get at is academics has to be at play there. And uh, for most of these guys that are visiting in the June uh, cycle here, I saw Vanderbilt uh, mentioned quite a bit. So it'll be something I'll be looking into if there's any, um, any similarities between the staff there, because it seems like uh, the scouting there Vanderbilt is kind of pushing for, uh, I see a lot of Vanderbilt offers on these guys that Michigan is getting in on. So it's interesting that, uh, again, it's a thing. If Vanderbilt is pushing, it's likely someone who uh, really values um, education. And that's something that I would expect Michigan to continue pushing hard. But for Austin Brown, um, it, and it's another one of those guys that you guys already mentioned where, yeah, most of his film is at quarterback. So how they're, how they're accurately converting the, okay, this guy's a quarterback, we'll make him into a safety, how they're scouting that and making that conversion to say, yeah, this will be a good safety prospect. That's interesting. And I'd be interested to, to kind of learn how they're doing that, but uh, he did have good technique um, and good uh, play diagnosis when he was on defense. But again, it's just, as John said, so early. And so minimal film, one in every five clips or so would be on defense, if not less than that. So still a lot to, to, parse through before giving a, a true valuation on him uh, for Saka uh, another guy Northwestern pushing really hard for him as well so that's um, again academics uh, something you'd like to see uh, and he is a guy who I don't know if I've seen a prospect fire out more quickly from his stance uh, they deployed him quite a bit as, from the linebacker position as well. So he's definitely looking like an edge prospect thing. I like to see about him. He has no problem going through the middle of the offensive line. So he's not just like a pure speed guy. He uh, really uses his hands uh, often and blows through guys on the offensive line and tracks down plays um, for the duration. So really good motor, really good length and able to operate in space again, both from the edge and from linebacker position and plays with a violence uh, that you really like to see and a long frame, really long arms. So I'd expect him to be able to 
uh, grow into a true edge where, you know, maybe he's kind of between linebacker and, and defensive end at this point. So really intriguing prospect. I, I haven't looked at his full profile, but he looks like a guy who could uh, excel at like the hundred meters just with his get off. So I, I'd like to see if he participated in track and what his times there would be as well. But yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun. Lots of, lots of visits to track and that's something I dearly missed last year. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's something that we all missed last year, all, all the visits. It, it really gets busy, and it, it's a good busy for all of us, and it, it's something that I genuinely will look forward to tracking more official visitors coming through and because there's a ton. And, uh, I mean, <laughs> if you've managed to make it to the end of the podcast, you, you would realize that. There are a lot of visitors lining up, and I'm sure that this will be a bulk of our conversation moving forward on Future Brew. So uh, bear with us as uh, these next couple weeks and months ahead uh, kind of play out with more visitors lining up. Um, but it, uh, I'm really excited, and I know John's excited too. We've talked about that in the past, and it's 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 something worth, uh, worth monitoring, and it, it's uh, – the future, literally the future of Michigan football uh, uh, coming on campus now, potentially here. So uh, look forward to breaking down all of that uh, continually here on the podcast. So uh, thanks again to everybody for listening. Thank you, John and Steven for hopping on as usual. You can get at me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where are you at my friend? At Simmons underscore John. And Steven? At Steven Toski. And give Maze and Brew a like, follow Twitter, Facebook, you know, all that stuff. Go check out Steven's YouTube work. It's probably going to be lighter moving forward here, but I'm sure he's got some stuff in the works for all of you that have subscribed to the YouTube channel. We really appreciate that support. And uh, please give us five-star reviews, all that good stuff on our podcasts. We'd greatly appreciate it. So for Steven and John, I'm Vaughn. Talk to you guys next week. Go Blue.